Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Legacy, 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 legacy. Hello, this is the Aztec Legacy Podcast with Robert Ortiz, where we honor and learn from the legacies of the past, present, and future Aztecs. Today on the agenda, I want to share with you my draft experience and the moments following. Then we have a special guest, one of my former teammates who uh, broke some records at San Diego State and went on to have a 12-year career in the NFL, uh, including being a three-time Pro Bowler. And then we're going to talk about the most recent Aztecs to get picked up and join the NFL family. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We pick up in 2006 where I am projected to be a 6th or 7th round draft pick. Back then the draft was two days long. First three rounds on the first day. Last four rounds on the second day. So since I knew I wasn't probably going to the second day, I decided to go with my family to... Disneyland and it was it was kind of cool because a lot of my family came aunts uncles grandparents and we all it was almost like a a little family reunion and we all got rooms up in Anaheim and and we went to Disneyland on Saturday and then Sunday came and we had a, a a family friend by the name of Lorenzo Neal, who at the time was playing for the San Diego Chargers, one of the top, if not the top, fullbacks in the history of the NFL. Uh, he arranged for us to get to have a, a a private room at his restaurant in Redondo Beach. Now, I don't think we realized how far Redondo Beach was from Anaheim at the time, because when we were driving out there, I'm like, man, this this is taking forever. But we made the trek. We made it, and we watched most of the draft there. And I'd say I believe it was the either end of the fifth round going into the sixth round. Actually, it probably was the sixth round because uh, the Kansas City Chiefs called me. It was uh, Charlie Joyner, the great Charlie Joyner. He was the wide receiver coach, and I believe they had just drafted Jeff, Jeff Webb who was, for all those uh, that don't know their Aztec history, he was uh, one of the top receivers at, at San Diego State at that time. And I was kind of his sidekick. I was the the Robin to his Batman. He was the, the big play receiver, and I was more of the move-the-chains receiver, possession receiver. Uh, so we were good little one-two punch. So... Charlie Joyner actually called me and said, look, we drafted Jeff. We want to draft you in the seventh. We want that one-two punch that you guys had at San Diego State. So I said, okay, cool, I'm down. Uh, Plus, Herm Edwards was the head coach at the time at at the Kansas City Chiefs. And one of my best friends, Marcus Edwards, who also is an Aztec, he played wide receiver at the same time. And so it was his dad, so I knew him. And I'm like, man, this is going to be cool. You know, I, I get to play for Herm Edwards, for Charlie Joyner, and uh, and I get to play with Jeff. You know, it's, all, it's win, win, win. Well, 
Seventh round came, and uh, I get another call from the Chargers, and they say, uh, "Has anybody?" Uh, it's it's James Lofton, the wide receiver coach for the for the Chargers at that time. He says, "Has anybody called you?" I said, "Yeah, Kansas City." They said uh, they're potentially going to draft me this round, and he's like, "Okay." He's like, "I'm trying to get them to draft you as well here, in San Diego." I said, "Cool, you know, I'm ready." So seventh round came and gone. No call. And part of me was like, man, these guys are liars over here telling me they they want to draft me or they're going to draft me. Uh, but it was cool. You know, my road, my journey has not been the easiest. I'm sure you will learn more about my story as this podcast goes on. I was uh, not highly recruited out of high school. I had to walk on at San Diego State. I had to earn my scholarship. Moving forward, we're going into the NFL, and now it seems as if I have to walk on uh, into the NFL. So it's not a it's not a place I haven't been before. So hey, I just took 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 it as a an, another obstacle or another challenge. So immediately following the draft, we all head back are heading back to Anaheim where we were all staying. And like I said, it was a long drive and even longer now that I knew I wasn't signed or, or drafted in the NFL. But my agent at the time was in communication with me and he was telling me that basically we had two options, Baltimore and the San Diego Chargers. Now, this is kind of a no-brainer. Only reason I say that is because, number one, Baltimore is on the other side of the nation, <laughs> other side of the United States, where I don't have any connections. I don't know anything about it. I think I don't even know. At, at the time, I could have told you exactly where Baltimore was. But then you have the San Diego Chargers. A team that I had rooted for since I was I don't know, I could remember my my dad, my my entire family, they're all Charger fans. Uh I grew up in Sarah Mesa, which if you don't know, really know San Diego, Sarah Mesa is like the kind of the community right above the the Qualcomm Stadium where the Chargers play. So I had grown up, my dad had season tickets. He also had a relationship with Leslie O'Neill, who is uh, one of the, the the all-time great DNs that played for the Chargers. And, like, I just – I my connection to the Chargers was, was so, so strong that I'm like, man, not only that, my girlfriend was a Charger girl. I, I lived two miles away from the, the facility, and – then the Chargers were offering me a signing bonus, so and Baltimore was not. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me. I'm like, why would I pick up and go all the way across the the United States where I, I basically I would be starting all brand new? Now let me put a little disclaimer. Now looking at things from on the other side, I may have 
I may have looked at things a little bit differently and I may have done my due diligence and maybe researched a little bit more between the two teams before I made a decision. Now, I'm not saying that would have changed anything, but I definitely would have would have done a few things differently before I made that decision. And uh, that brings us to me signing with the San Diego Chargers. And what was cool about that is I had another former San Diego State Aztec in Kasim Osgood, who I played with a couple years prior. And that made it even more of a, of a blessing for me because now I get to reconnect with one of my teammates who at the time to me was was you know making a name for himself with that said let me introduce you to one of the best to ever do it to lace him up at San Diego State uh even though it was only for one year actually it was two years but you only got to play for one year because the first year you were on the Blue Steel team with me (laughs) (laughs) my boy Kasim Osgood what's up brother Hey man, out here doing it. Daddutycom Hey, never we, ends. We all got to do it now. Hey man, there's there's not enough diapers in the world that get me to do this again. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm not ever doing it again. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. First of all, I just want to thank you for coming on because this is the Aztec Legacy Podcast. So appreciate you sharing your your quick journey and legacy, just to get everybody caught up. Kasim played a few years at Cal Poly. Uh, went on to to transfer to San Diego State, and his one and only year that he played at San Diego State broke records. Um, finished were you second in the nation uh, receiving? Uh, I think I was third. Nate Burleson beat me. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Third. Sorry. Yeah. He was no, third in the nation. Um, anyways, with that said, draft day comes. Give us your experience, because obviously I I don't think I ever heard this story, but I want to hear it. Um, you know, just what were you thinking draft day? What was the experience? Where were you? And uh, what happened? Oh, man, I think uh, a bad 40 time at the combine kind of uh, hurt my status. I had a bad hammy, but I chose to run anyway. You know, they kind of put that pressure on you. Like, you know, hey, I was good. You're from a small school and these guys got to get a look at you. You got to need you to run. Like, you know, I'm kind of hesitant and not thinking I'm going to do well. And, you know, I always say that, you know, whether you think you can, you can't, you know, you're probably right. But um, I ran anyway, and I didn't get a good 40 time. And then when we came back to our pro day, I actually had a good uh, 40 time. But by that time, you know, the fate was already sealed with the combine 40. So uh, I knew I was going to probably slip uh, late, later rounds or probably go free agent, which is cool because you go free agent, you get to pick where you want to go. So, you know, I was fortunate to go free agent, and I ended up in uh, San Diego. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because – I had offers from other teams, and I'm like, ah, I'm thinking about going back east. No, I'm not going back east. I'm from back east. I know how it is back there. I just I don't like it. So I'd rather just stay home, stay in the same house I was in college, uh, get to play for the Chargers. Um, they had a good a good squad uh, at the time. You know, they had Drew Brees and uh, Doug Flutie were some of the, the best to ever do it as well. Yeah. And when uh, I got a call from James Lofton, he's like, you know, we want to bring you in. And uh, they gave me a, a pretty sizable uh, free agent signing bonus. You know, $12,000 at the time was – Hey, man, from a college athlete, that's, oh, yeah, I'll take it. Let's do it. But for me, it wasn't about the money. It was more so about the opportunity to be able to stay home. I like San Diego. It was a great place. My family was all moving to San Diego. So got to play for the Chargers for a while. And it was funny because I broke my hand my rookie year. And as a free agent, um, 
the last thing you want to do is not be able to play in those those games. So they got to get a look at you, see what you can do. Yeah. But um, I had a stellar performance in the practices. I was doing really well when one on ones and seven on sevens and, and team drill stuff. So they actually knew I could play. So it wasn't like they were, you know, betting on a, a dark horse. But um, I remember the last game of the year, I had a cast in my hand, and it was uh, the fourth game of the preseason. And uh, Marty Schottenheimer comes to me. He's like, you know, if you don't. We need to figure out whether or not you can make this team or you can contribute. So you can't really play receiver because your hand's broken. So we need to figure out what you can do. So if you can go down and cover this kick, you'll make a team. But if you don't make the tackle, you're going to have to find another job tomorrow. Wow. And he's just pretty flat out. I mean, if anybody knows Marty Schottenheimer, he's, he's very serious until the point. He's not going to sugarcoat it. 100%. So he's like, hey, we got a roster full. We got we got um, David Boston, Tim Dwight, Rashad Caldwell, Eric Parker, uh, Dontre Gilliam, um, Stephen Alexander, Antonio Gates. He's like – you making a squad as far chance unless you do contribute on special teams. So, you know, you need to go down there and make the kick, make the tackle. So I'm going out there, you know, my hands wrapped up in this big cast, pissed off, and I'm not being able to get in a receiver. Um, I know that my career is on the line on this one play. And they always say, like, you know, can you ever contribute – ever attribute it to one play? It was that one kickoff against the Niners. I ran down – I think I was 15 yards ahead of everybody else. Went down and made the tackle. Probably rebroke my hand again. I don't even know. But – um. I made the tackle and came to the sideline, and Marty Schottenheimer came over and he had, like, tears in his eyes. He's like, I've never seen a player respond the way you just responded right there. He said, that right there shows character, shows heart, shows exactly what I need in this team. You made the roster. Go ahead and sit down. You're good. You're done for the day. So I made the one tackle, and I was done. And then I actually made the team. And I think the next game was, like, a home game. We played Denver Broncos. My hand is still broken, mind you, in a cast. They shaved it down so I could play receiver because I guess somebody got injured. And um, I remember Drew Brees throwing the ball in the back of the end zone, and it hit my hand, and literally, I think it broke it again. But um, it was funny because it was it was like uphill battle constantly just trying to, you know, make my my, my, my foothold in, 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 as a receiver in the NFL. And it's hard enough to get there, let alone stay there. But then when you have an injury, you're battling that, plus the skepticism of whether or not you should be a part of the team, and then your own self-doubt. So, I mean, just uh, coming from San Diego State, I knew that there was a history of, of free agents coming out of there that are going to do very well. I mean um, – we, you know, you know, we, we nicknamed it uh, Free Asian University. Yep. It's just uh, there's a lot of talent that comes out of San Diego State, and I knew that I had the talent. So just a matter of finding the right chemistry and the right system to get into, and I thought that San Diego would be the best fit. And sure enough, it was a really good fit, and I went out there and had a nice lengthy career. But uh, it, was, it was a good time. It was a hard-fought hard battle at the beginning, but it was good at the end. Yeah, for sure. What other teams were interested in signing you? Um, the beginning, I uh, was either uh, I knew I talked to Herm Edwards out in New York. He was with the Jets at the time. Spoke to him. Uh, Baltimore was interested. Um, I think the Steelers were interested, and also the uh, the Niners were interested. At the beginning, got it. Yeah, man. It like just that was kind of. I mean, I didn't have as many options as you did when I was coming out uh, as a free agent. Um, again, James Austin gave me that that phone call and, and offered me that money. And they, you know, there was a few. There was a few other, obviously, um, reasons why I chose San Diego. It's my home, born and raised, grew up a Charger fan. My whole entire family's a Charger fan. My girlfriend was the Charger girl, um, and it was right down the street from my parents' house. So I'm like, and on top of that, they're giving me some money for it, whereas the other teams, which was Baltimore, they weren't offering me nothing. They were just telling me to come out and play, you know, try it. So, you know, I had some reasons to stay, but – I know the next year when I came back from uh, NFL Europe, I had like a handful of teams that wanted me, and it was so nerve wracking trying to pick which team to go to. You yeah, know, you want to go to the 
the good teams, but then again, it's like maybe that good team might not be where I need to where where I need to be and where I'm going to play. You know, the most I might have to do what you did, play special teams. So um, it just that was hard for me. So I just asking you a question: How did you like? Was it was just San Diego and your family the reason why, um, or what other reasons? No, actually. Um a really, really good friend of mine. He's like a cousin to me, uh, Wade White. Uh, I don't know if you remember Wade. Yeah, of course. Uh, he was very knowledgeable about the process because he went through it himself. And, you know, he had the uh, the hard-fought battle of being a free agent and signing with a team and uh, struggling to make it and playing special teams. So he told me ahead of time, he's like, you you have the skills to play receiver, but don't worry too much about receiver because you can always go in there and play, but you got to be able to play special teams because you're invaluable to a team if you can, you know, market yourself as whatever you need me to do, a utility knife. Everybody needs a utility knife. But he also told me, you got to do a scouting report on all the teams that are interested in you. You got to look at their roster, look at their um, their play system, their, their play calling, look at um, the coaches, who, who's coaching you, what's their track record, where do they come from, what's their philosophy, uh, the head coach, what does he like, what does he look for, um, how's your team uh, perform under pressure. There's a scouting report. He's like, so you got to reverse scout the teams that are, are asking for you because you got to see if you fit for them. They might want you for something that you don't want to do. So he's like, you have to see what they want from you what you can provide for them, what makes sense for you uh, in the long run, and then is it a fit um, comfortably with philosophies? So he's like, you know, you might want to think you're going to do this, or they might want you to do that. He's like, you have to be able to adapt to that, asking and who's who's there and who's your competition. So that's, it's a lot of, of, of scouting that you got to do. That's that, I, mean, I wish I would have had that advice <laughs> when, back when I was making my choice because, man, I'm looking at the rosters, and I mean, I'm I'm trying to put together somewhat of a scouting report, but it wasn't like I didn't really look at the coach. I didn't really look at, um, you know, just the 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 offense or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I wish I would have because now that I know, now that I've been there and I've done all those, been to different teams, I know like the Patriots offense that fits me, and that's what I love. Like I picked yeah. it up quick. Chargers, you know, West Coast, Seattle, West Coast. Um, I struggled. I struggled in yeah. the West Coast. It was like I never struggled with, with offenses and plays and stuff like that. I'm usually the one telling other people what to do. But it was it was a struggle for me. And then I get to the Patriots and it's like, damn, this is easy. <laughs> and and, and, and the, they like just to give you an example, they cut me uh, right before camp started and then they brought me back. Uh, two weeks into camp, and the next, the next day, or I get there on Wednesday, and we're playing Washington Thursday or Friday, but we're traveling Thursday, so I only got like a a walkthrough basically kind of practice, and as soon as we like get in the game, I'm I know what I'm doing. It was like it was like second nature. It was it was easy. So yeah. that's a big thing. For guys that are that are looking uh, or scouting a team, you gotta you gotta know what offense or what defense is gonna help yeah. you thrive for sure. It is huge because sometimes those those the, the the play calling that benefits the quarterback might not benefit your style of play, so mm-hmm. you just might not fit in there. Chad Ochocinco going to uh, New England, yeah. you're a star player, but you don't fit that style of play. Like the play calls that they're gonna need to make, like third and long, they're not looking for your type of routes looking for Randy Moss type of routes. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a matter of like plug and plays and the systems. Whereas me, myself, 
I knew that going to San Diego, Marty Schottenheimer was a hard-nosed, run-and-hit-you-in-the-mouth type football team. So I know as a big receiver, oh, I didn't need people out there to crack block on linebackers. I'm, I'm in there. Third and short, I'm in there. First and short, I'm in there. You know what I mean? So it's it's easy for me to to get in there and play under Marty Schottenheimer and that type of style and also have you know the, the fade routes or the slant routes uh, to, to counteract getting the people out of the box. So they want to crowd the box on Dan Thompson in there then you know that you have a great running back in there with a great fullback and a good tight end. So that's going to bring everybody into the box. So you have these certain quick hitting routes around the outside, which I was, we did at San Diego State. So it was perfect for me. Yeah. And as, I, as, I, know when I, went, oh, go ahead. I went to San Francisco as well. When I tra- uh, left Detroit, uh, Detroit uh, told me uh, they were going to go young. It was 2012. And they said, yeah, we're going to restructure our team. We're going to go young. So, um, you know, we're not going to resign you. And then I won the special teams player of the year award. Uh, you know, saying voted on by the team and the league. So, like, oh, yeah, we want to bring you back. Like, no, nah, I already packed up. I'm out of here, man. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to go have a tryout with the Niners. And they're like, so you're going to give up a guaranteed million-dollar contract to go have a tryout with another team? I was like, yeah. And they said, you know, one of the hardest offenses to learn is that offense, the West Coast offense. I said, yeah, I, I'll learn it in a day. And they thought I was But you've being, been in oh. it, though. Yeah, I literally, when I went to San Francisco, I learned the offense in one weekend. Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh was like, you know, you're behind the eight ball. You're coming in late in, uh, in, in camp. So um, they also yeah. don't know you're a genius. Too. Like, Dude, it took me two days and I got up in front of the front of the whole team and he quizzed me on different plays with quick hitting. Like, what's this right here? What's this right? What's this right? What's the side of the What's the hot route? What's the hot read? What's the second read projection? Da, da, da. I was telling the reprogression, the site, the sites adjustments, the hot routes, the check calls, the uh, protection, the, the block, who's blocking who on what what pass protection, all that stuff. Yeah, one, th- one thing I know about you is you're like a, a quarterback brain in a receiver body. <laughs> oh man, you got to know it all. That's yeah, to say everybody running, sure. everybody alert. You got to know it, definitely. Yeah. So, um, and just to go back, as an Aztec brother, and seeing you go in, I knew, I knew. I'm like, man, they're gonna <laughs> run. They're gonna run it. Just because he's in, yeah. you know, and it bothered me because I'm like, this dude is a beast at receiver. Like, why aren't they utilizing his size, his strength, his speed? Like, I don't understand. Now That was the, uh, the, the third part of the situation where you start to get into the league and your first and second year, you're kind of just happy to be there. Then third and fourth year, you're like, oh, wow, wait a minute now. I'm not getting the plays I should be getting. Fifth and sixth year is like, it's the politics, man. And then you start coaching the young guys. Like, it's a lot more than just football here. There's a lot of politics and numbers and, and things that have to be shuffled in there and considered. When you're like in college, you're like, oh, you know, the best person should be on the field. Not the case here. They, they got to pay you money. If you get to a certain amount of stats, they got to renew a contract and the salary cap, and they got to sign this guy. So if they sign you and that guy, there's no money for this guy they really need because of this. And this guy's leaving and he's retiring. It's so interconnected in, in the, the, the chemistry with the team. It's like you have to put together all these different colors onto a, a, a canvas and say, this better look like a Van Gogh at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's a, it's a lot of work. I give credit to a lot of the front office people. I mean, it's, it's a lot of moving, positioning people and figuring out personalities and who's going to mesh with who. Yeah. But I was kind of guy like, you know what? What do y'all need me to do? Cover this kick? I'm going to cover this kick. You know, I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to go cover this kick because I know that's what we need for this team to win. Mm-hmm. So I'll do this. But if you can give me some plays here on offense, you know, I'll be good with that. I'm cool. So that was always my, my complaint. That's why I left San Diego um, in 2010. It was like, I just I can't have a general manager tell me you're never going to get a chance to play receiver. You don't know that. So you're closing off the team from op- opportunities to have another player contribute. 
Why yeah. would you say no off the top? Just say, you know what, if we can work it in there, we will. If it makes sense for our team to win, we'll do it. That's the kind of person I want to work for and play for and, you know, lay my body on the line for it. Because at the end of the day, football is laying your, your body on the line for a team to benefit from it. So if, you, if you're going to benefit from my body, it should at least have some – I should have some input into what I'm going to be doing on the field. Exactly, and, and an option. It, at, at, yeah. at the end of the day, just to be an option. I mean, it, and, and, yeah. it's a, and it's a quite – that body is a quite <laughs> good option to be on the field yeah, during, some, on an offensive play. You know what I'm saying? And you've been on you've been on the field. You know it. Anybody can be a star in the NFL. They can make you a star. They can throw the ball and force feed you, and you could become the guy because everybody's good enough to be there. You have the hands. You have the talent. You, if you didn't, you wouldn't be there. So no, I, I never want to hear the thing. All oh, the guy didn't have no hands. He wouldn't be in the NFL. Have no hands. Come right. on, man. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense? Oh, we can't run routes. Can't get separation. Why'd you draft him? Why'd you put him on your team? Something showed you that he was good enough to do it. So if he's good enough to do it, oh well, you know we have all these guys we signed as free agents. We have Stephen, uh, Stephen, uh, all these people. Uh, Stephen Cooper. We have um, Antonio Gates. We have Kasim Osgood. We have Grant Matos. We have Chris Dillman, Jock Cesare. Uh, Phil Vogel, all these guys that are undrafted free agents that are starters yeah. on the team. Well, we can't pay everybody, so somebody's got to do special teams. Hey, you need special teams. We're going to pay you the league minimum, but you're good. You're our asset. You're our guy. We're going to sign you long-term deal, but you're just going to do special teams. And they have to have people that are role players, that people that are willing to be a role player and just sacrifice being the star to be a role player, which for me was fine because I made a career out of it. Yeah. Like, you need I'm, going to I mean, covers, to do, do what you did – Three-time Pro Bowler. I mean, you 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 did exactly what you needed to do with what they were gonna allow you. You know, I, yeah. I feel like if they would have, you know, allowed you to be the receiver that you probably in your head are, um, I feel like you would have accomplished that because that's just the time. I mean, you've done it on all levels. I mean, you you took over one double A level. You took over the Division One level, you know, and they just didn't. They underutilized you on the NFL level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and on top of that, outside of sports, you've killed the game too. I mean, you're super duper entrepreneur. You everything I see you doing, I'm like, damn, this dude is in this. This dude is in this. Um, so please share real quick. You know, this part of your legacy, what you're doing after uh, the NFL and, and San Diego State. I see you doing uh, uh, some movies and stuff like that. So share. I, you, said, you said you had a project coming out. So please share. Oh, so yeah. we could all we, we watch it. Just had a film debut called 420. Actually debuted on 420. A funny little uh, weed movie. But uh, it, it was fun. You know, it's going from football to, to acting. I'm trying to follow in the footsteps of our former alumni, uh, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, man. yep. Yeah, yeah. Action Jackson out there. Yep. But, uh, yeah, definitely, man. Hollywood is fun. Acting is good. It's much like football. You know, you got practice, 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 practice. Then you have the game. But the game is just, you know, showing your film. So it's a lot easier on the body. The hours are a little, a little easier, you know. It's not too much uh, grinding, 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 pound, whatnot. But um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been fun, a whole lot of fun. Well, congratulations on that front, and uh, congratulations on the family. Uh, I know you got two little ones. I got to meet <laughs> right before this. So. Diapers, bottles. <laughs> hey, but that's life, man. Hey, welcome to a regular life. <laughs> hey, toys everywhere. Oh yep. my God! Oh, hey, we're all living it, especially me. I, I mean, I'm DJ by night, Daddy Daycare by day. So don't even. I, I already know. Oh, yeah. I already know. Um, <laughs> but I'm on. proud of you, brother. I appreciate you coming on. 
And uh, if there's anything you want to share to, to anybody, you know, the, the future Aztecs that are going to be listening, yeah, here's your here's your chance to do that. Oh, man. Hey, hey, football's a game, but it also mirrors life, man. You got to be well. You got to be well versed in how to play on the team, how to sacrifice, how to give your all. But knowing at the end of the day, if you have a common goal with your team, you can achieve anything. So you know, big ups to all the people that got drafted, undrafted. It's not over yet. Get out there, grind, make it happen. No grind, no shine, man. So, hey, Aztecs, Free Asian University is how we do it. Amen. Yeah, Amen. All right. Thank you, brother. Wide out. You know. <laughs> I hope you uh present free agents and future free agents uh listen listened closely to what Kasim was talking about. Uh, cause he was giving you some great jewels right there. I mean, um just his journey altogether and how what he had to do, what he had to kind of accept. Uh, at a certain point in his career that uh, he was going to be a special teams player. Um, and he went to the Pro Bowl three times as a special teamer. Not everybody's going to be the superstar that they were in high school, in college. Uh, but if you take advantage of the opportunities that you're given, uh, you can be, still be a superstar to a team, to a city. San Diego, I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people in San Diego, they love Kasim, so, uh, and they still do. He does a lot for the community, and, uh, you know, check out his movie, 420. Shout out to Kasim for sharing his journey with us. Truly appreciate that. Next up, we have the SDSU players entering the NFL in 2020. First off, we'll start with our one and only draft pick center, who is also a, can play guard, Keith Ishmael. He was drafted in the fifth round to the Washington Redskins. Then we had a handful of guys get picked up on free agent contracts. But there's one that, to me, may have been picked up as a free agent, but he, he actually is, you know, almost seen as a draft pick. Cornerback uh, Luke Park Barku got picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, the Jags gave him $160,000 guaranteed, which is the most for an undrafted free agent in NFL history. So that shows you that they actually value him almost like a draft pick, and they wanted to make sure they got him, so they gave him a nice little signing bonus. Congratulations to Luke Barku. Next, we have linebacker Kaiva Tizino. He went as a free agent to New England. And honestly, you know, as a former New England Patriot, I think that's the perfect place for him. They have a coach in Bill Belichick that seems to find diamonds in the rough all the time. Now, he has some big-time draft picks, but he also finds guys that I would say maybe the NFL overlooked or maybe even they uh, undervalue and he makes them, I don't want to say stars, but he, he, he utilizes their, their strengths and, and puts them in a position to be successful. So I think Kaiva is going to go there and, and do some amazing things. Now he, obviously he has to make the team first, but I don't think he'll have a problem with his, Overall ability, his uh, intelligence, his knowledge of the game, and his leadership. 
I think he's going to fit in well with, with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And I have a feeling that Coach Jared Mayo, the inside linebackers coach for the Patriots, who I had the opportunity to play with in New England, I think Coach Mayo's possibly going to see a little bit of himself into Zeno. Next, we have Deshaun Dixon. He signed with the Baltimore Ravens. And then um, tied in Parker Houston. He signed as a free agent to the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm excited for these guys. These guys get a chance to, you know, live or further their dream of playing football and make money doing it. I hope they take advantage of every opportunity like Kasim did, even if it means special teams first before they become, you know, maybe a, a position on the on the offense or defense. Or maybe like Kasim, they're a they're a career special teamer. But hey, shoot, I'll take I'll take three time Pro Bowler in, as a special teamer any day over not making the team practice squad you know I mean that that's all good stuff but you know and and those are achievements but at the end of the day you want to you want to leave a, a a lasting legacy on any level you play on so I want to thank you for listening to the Aztec Legacy podcast but there's one thing I want to leave you with before I close if there's nothing else you take away from this podcast take this away it's not about all the yards, the touchdowns, the awards and accolades that you've achieved over the years in your lifetime. But real legacy is the journey it took to achieve those things and the lives you've touched in the process. Hashtag respect the journey. Hashtag Aztecs for life. Peace. Legacy. 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 Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.